0: Ron and Anian. I'm surprised we don't see more electronic issues in cars. I'm surprised we don't see right. more failures when you think about the amount of modules and software and programming that are in cars today. Car Doctor. You got to call them like you see him in baseball and auto repair. Part of the problem is where you live. Maine is the high salt concentration state. I mean, you guys dissolved the bridge in Bath, Maine, so. Welcome to the radio home of Ron
1: and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your
0: mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines, America. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your call and answer your questions. More information about us at cardoctorshow.com, where you'll find streaming and podcasting and all the other good stuff that you're looking for. And don't forget to get out to Facebook, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. And uh, keep in mind, we are a live radio broadcast, Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. We do podcast for everybody so that those of you that don't have the option to take us on an affiliate can podcast us and you can stream us we're streaming off the machine machines that are at the base of my feet and uh, as we speak they're um they're sending the signal out so that uh, you can hear us a multitude of ways. So, uh, but keep in mind, we are here for you to answer your questions at 855 560 9900. And there is a messaging service set up to that so you can call, leave a message. Chief Cook and Bottle Washer Tom Ray will call you back and uh, get you in the next live broadcast. I want to talk real quick about plastic, if I can, because I want to get this out. This was kind of interesting this week. Um, it, you know, talking about uh, how cars are changing, right? Had a 2015, think about this, a 2015 Chrysler 200 that had oil leaks and coolant leaks. They ran it out of oil. They ran it out of coolant. And long story short, Chrysler, in their infinite wisdom, makes the oil filter adapter housing and the oil cooler out of plastic. And then they bury this plastic 265 $300 piece of plastic underneath the plastic intake manifold. And the O-rings on this big chunk of plastic start to leak. And it pumped probably five quarts of oil out over a course of time. And it now has undercoated the rear of this vehicle to the point the oil is dripping off the back bumper. It'll never rust. And it needed to be replaced. If that wasn't bad enough, there's also a plastic crossover tube, a plastic passageway if you will that takes coolant from one side of the cylinder block to the other side of the cylinder block in the front of the engine that piece of plastic was leaking i you know it's staggering we're making cars out of plastic you know i I hate to clue anybody in but it's kind of critical mass stuff that you know (laughs) what's the durability and longevity um, I had to deal with that this week. I had a 2012 Chevy Cruise that had a coolant leak at the thermostat housing. All right, where the thermostat housing bolted to the water pump, it was just, it was just spraying water everywhere. And you're saying, and there's no crack. In the case of the Cruise, I took it apart. The, I mean, cheesy design. They held the thermostat in place to the thermostat housing with these two little wafer thin fingers that kept the thermostat pellet in place and over time you could see that the heat and the corrosion of of the coolant the acidity and it was a heated thermostat so it was always it was always warm if you will had baked the plastic gotten it brittle and it just cracked and failed now interestingly enough in the case of the cruise i had replaced the i replaced that thermostat i got a piece out of gm and i looked at it and it was the same cheesy you know how thin can we make a piece of plastic i got one from motorrad all right the good guys over at motorrad i got a motorrad thermostat and i looked at it they actually improved the design they put more plastic in it to hold it tighter and you know less fatigue less issues so i put a motorrad thermostat in that in that chevy Cruise, and i think we're going to get longer longer life out of it and you know those are the things we're looking for tip of the hat to the folks at motorrad no wonder you guys just got so much industry recognition more at motorrad.com um you know we're looking for that kind of improvement but everything has gotten to be plastic it made me think you know that was a 2012 cruise it was a 2015 Chrysler there was something else we did this week that was plastic and I couldn't help but think that you know we don't have to worry about uh, um, the government erasing fuel and eliminating cars the cars are going to eliminate themselves they're made out of plastic they're going to dissolve just point of contention So just wanted to get that out that I'm questioning what's really going on out there. But plastic is playing a big part in that vehicle you're looking at. Let's get over to line one and talk to John, 11 Subaru, and some problems with the clock. John, welcome to the car, doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, thanks, Ron. You're welcome.
2: I've got a 2011 Subaru out back, and last time I changed the oil, the oil light didn't go off. So I pulled the... uh, uh, battery cable, the negative battery cable, left it off for about 15 seconds, put it back on, and the oil light went off. Well, I noticed as I was driving that the clock had set itself to Eastern time from Central, so I pushed the uh, stems off to the side that reset the clock, uh, and they didn't work. And uh, so I just drove for a while, and I kept checking it, and they never did uh, work again. You
0: know, you so, don't, I so took, you, you don't want to move to New Jersey, is what you're saying? You you, <laughs> want, you, you want to fix this?
2: <laughs> Not anytime soon. Well,
0: you're are you uh, are you in Wisconsin?
2: No, I'm in Illinois, oh. Central Illinois.
0: Well, you have uh, our our prayers are with you guys today. Um, you guys, um, you guys, you guys have more snow than us, though, right? So we have less snow, I think. Well, we people.
2: don't have any right now, but uh. we're gonna get a little bit yeah. Uh, yeah. tonight. Um. So I, I went to Subaru, and uh, they pulled me into the to the uh, bay there, and a the tech come out. And I told him my problem, and uh, he looked at it, and he pushed the stems for the clock and everything. And after doing it, he said, "Well, when you pull the battery cable." Uh, something happened in the computer, and he said, uh, you just have to live with it. And I said, all right, and, and that was it. And uh, nah. I was going to pull both battery cables and let that's, them sit for a while and put it back on, but I was afraid I might cause other problems, and I thought, well, I'm going to call the car doctor and see what he says.
0: Listen, there's, there's a rule around the shop. The car's already broken. How much worse can it be? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I you know it's already broke you can't break what's broke so you know um, if 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 you can break it worse by disconnecting both battery cables, then Subaru should stop selling cars in the United States because they don't hold up. That doesn't make any sense to me uh, you know that's like saying every Subaru with a dead battery all of a sudden is going to pop a computer module because it doesn't have proper voltage. that's yeah you, you know yeah. what that 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 technician needs to go back to school. I would I would pull both battery cables, and if you have the ability, you know, back in the day, and I'm going to say I'm going to say a word, and Tom's going to faint because uh, he loved Radio Shack. Well, there he goes. Um, if you could get your hands on a if you could get your hands on a 10 ohm, one watt resistor, mm-hmm. and make a jumper wire, and mm-hmm. put that jumper between the two battery cables, that will safely allow the computers to bleed down. It's it's sort of a it's sort of an electrical shock absorber. That's why we put that resistor in there. And it will it will allow the computers to bleed down and you can leave that hooked up as a jumper for you know I'd leave it hooked up for ten, fifteen minutes. Bleed everything out of the car. Let it let it come down to zero. All right. And then put okay. the cables back on. Put the positive on first, put the negative on second and and see okay. what and see what that does for you. All right. all right and, and try that and if, if that doesn't bring it back then I have to say that yeah either we pop the fuse somewhere I don't think so but either we pop the fuse somewhere that you know I would go through fuses just to see how the circuits are protected or you need a module of some magnitude but boy if that is that's that's too fragile for me that's a car's got to be able to, I, I understand it's a giant computer but it's got to be able to take some electrical duress that just doesn't make any sense so um, let's give that a shot. Will do. All right. You let me know what happens, John.
2: Okay. You're take very welcome. Run.
0: You're very welcome, sir. Take good care. Let's pull over and take a pause for the cause. I'm Ron and the car doctor. When we come back, we're going to go out to Missouri and talk to Gerald right after this. Don't go away. What's more fun than listening
2: to Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right?
0: 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's go over to Gerald in Missouri. Gerald, are you there, sir? Gerald? Hey, Ron. Yes, it's sir. Gerald. What's going on? How are you? How can I help?
3: Well, I've got a '04 4 E150. It's got a 4.6 in it. It blew a spark plug out. Um,
0: which, which side? A... Pass, passenger side or driver's side?
3: passenger side or yeah
0: passenger side third plug back from the front uh uh, it was the far back one uh the the last one or the second to last one
3: the last one okay okay and um ford put a Healy coil in there right and of course it blew out and then i contacted them and they said that um, there was nothing they could do but um talking to other mechanics and stuff One suggested um, just replacing the head because it's got 213,000 miles on it. Another one said go ahead and replace both heads. And then the third one said, well, don't mess with it. Just put a new motor in it and keep going.
0: Well, okay. So it's got 200,000 miles on it. It's 16, let's see, it's about 15 years old. Uh, so the argument mm-hmm. the argument could be made yeah let's put let's let's swing a motor put a motor in it let's let's look at it from the other perspective let's say you put two cylinder heads on it did you get a price for that yet no i haven't okay so here's what you're going to do you're going to get some numbers together you're going to get some numbers together just uh-huh. to, just to do heads and then you're going to weigh that out against doing a motor right now the coil repair that the dealership did didn't hold correct Yes sir. All right, so right now it's not working. No. Now, have you tried taking it to a machine shop? Not not disparaging the dealership's, you know, ability, but you know, generally or, or around here speaking from our perspective, you know, I wouldn't do that repair in-house. Uh, I don't have the skill set. I don't do enough of them. I can tell you how it's done. I've mm-hmm. watched it done. I actually did one with the head off the car. I uh, went down to a buddy's machine shop, and I, I talked him into letting me do one because I wanted the experience. But it's not something I would sell over the counter to a consumer. I would say, listen, I'm going to take it over to, at the time, there were machine shops in the area. Now there's nothing, and the problem the problem has gone away from our part of the country for whatever reason. We don't see it nearly as much. But what I want you to weigh against is, you know, if you take it to a machine shop, because there are some things better than helicoils coils that can go in there. But what's going to limit that is how was it repaired, how much metal did they pull out of the head to put the helicoil coil in, versus what, uh, you know, putting a thread cert or an insert in there that a machine shop might have to do. Do they have enough aluminum to work with still? So that 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 could be a problem unto itself. You get you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, so it's can a machine shop fix it? What's the price of doing heads? What's the price of swinging a motor? And if you if you do do heads or a motor, the questions become, if you do heads, what other issues does this engine have? Does it have any oil leaks? Is the oil pan rusty? The O4s, the oil pans just seem to rust out like holy heck. So, you know, what other repairs are you going to end up doing to the engine other than doing cylinder heads? That becomes a problem. And, you know, that puts you into do you do an engine? I've got to think, you know, New Jersey dollars, New Jersey dollars to swing a motor in that truck is probably every bit of six grand, sixty five hundred bucks. All right. I don't I don't know what the labor rate is and, you know, so forth down in Missouri way. But I can tell you from North Jersey, that's probably a going rate doing cylinder heads. eh, The big bucks is going to be the heads themselves. I've got to think you're at least half that, maybe two thirds of that. So the next question becomes: Before you put thirty five hundred to six thousand dollars into a truck, that mileage, that age, what's the rest of the truck like? And I'm not saying not to do this, Gerald. I'm just saying yes. y- you got to look at this dollars and cents, no emotion. All right, and you- you've you've got to stop to think. Don't fall into the trap. People say to me all the time: "It's a brand new truck. I just put an engine in it." Yeah there's about 9000 other pieces that still have 200,000 miles on it that you know it's it's not a new truck it's it's you know it's a new truck with it's an old truck with a new engine so yeah. you know and then the question you've got to ask yourself is and again I'm not saying get rid of the truck you put a new engine in it mm-hmm. all right if the trans fails in 3 months if it if it if it if it hasn't been replaced recently if the trans were to fail in 3 to 6 months would you put a transmission in it and if the answer is yes, then I'm going to tell you to do it when you do the engine and get it over with. What are you waiting for? Because here's the catch. And, and here's the ultimate answer, okay? Okay. You know, let's say you put 10 grand in this truck and swing an engine in a transmission and you do a radiator and you do your tune-up parts and your hoses and your belts and so on and so forth, and the rest of the truck's in good shape. I don't worry about brakes and shocks. Those are wear items. Tires are wear items. The interior's got all the, you know, the seat kind of fits your butt good, right? It's just kind of broken in, so it makes you happy. You go buy that truck new, do you know how much, Uh, you know, and, and, and well, you can't buy an E, this is an E-150, this is a van, right? Gerald Yes sir. There's a van or a it pickup. There's a van. Uh see so you it's can't buy, yeah, yes. you, you can't buy these anymore. You have to buy a uh, transport, a full-size transport. So, you know, the full-size transports this size are 60 grand. So, you got to sit yes. there and weigh it out. 10 grand, 60 grand. Say that a couple of times. And you <laughs> you you'll, you'll get where I'm going. You know, so yeah, I you know it stinks it happens but it's just it's just it's just things to think about. And then the last question I always put in everybody's mind standing at the counter talking about things like this at the shop is do you still need the vehicle? You know, is is this something from a previous use, you know, you had kids, you had a business, you had a reason to have a, a full-size van that maybe you don't need it anymore. And you know, yeah. if it's if it's you know, I'll tell I'll tell you the story like this, my 97 shop truck, my little Ranger It's got 216,000 miles on it, and I was debating getting rid of it this year just because I said, yeah, do I really need it? I haul scrap to the junkyard with it. You know, we don't really run out for parts that much anymore. It's not necessarily as handy as it once was every once in a while. And it's a couple of grand to insure for one vehicle. It's getting expensive. Um, You know, I actually debated getting rid of it because it didn't fit my lifestyle. And in the end, I decided to keep it because I, I could come up with enough reason and justification. But it forced me to look at you know the age, the mileage, the cost to insure it forced me to look at how bad do I need this vehicle, or is it something that I just have because I want to have it? Uh, you know, you got to answer those questions. Uh, y- yes, sir. Y- you know, um, so that's that's kind of how I would take it, Gerald. It's it's got to start with a machine okay. shop. Can that be fixed? If it can't, then talk to them about. You know, And hopefully you find a machine shop that can A, do head work, or B, do engine work. And the fact that it's a van, doing, doing it as an engine is going to be a whole lot easier because the first problem they're going to have is all the exhaust manifold studs on both sides are going to be so weathered and rotted away they're not going to be able to get them off and they're going to break, uh, or at least they would be in New Jersey. So um, yeah. just, just things to be aware of. All right, sir?
3: Well, yep. Um, just... Kind of a little side note. So, you think if I just got a team of horses and then used it that way, or just cut the top off of it and use it as a flyer box? Well, I would think. I'm that, just kidding.
0: Nah, listen. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story. Nissan had a van. Uh, God, it's got to be 25 years ago. Nissan used to make a minivan that got recalled from the factory. A Quest. I think it was it the Nissan Quest. I can't remember the exact model. But Nissan, as a car company, they had a van that just was a real. It was a horrible vehicle. So, years ago, it got recalled. And a friend of mine worked at the dealership where it got recalled. And they got a hold of one of those. They cut the top off completely. And him and his buddy, the service manager, rode over to the neighboring dealership with a complaint that we had a water leak, not telling them who was coming. And they were taking the service job in as a, hey, we're going to take this car under recall and take it back. What a shock they saw when the van drove in with no roof. So I get it. Modify it and use it. Gerald, appreciate the call. I'm Ron in the car doctor. I'm back right after this. Welcome back. Running of the Car Doctor. Let's get back to the phones. Jacob in Maine. What's going on?
4: Hi, how's it going? Good. What's up? Not much. Uh, so I have a 2009 uh, Nissan Rogue. It's my wife's vehicle. A uh, couple uh, weeks back, <clears throat> she went to open the uh, door to get in and start it. Driver's door uh, wouldn't, wouldn't open from the outside, so she had to crawl in through. Uh, ultimately, the, the passenger door did the same thing. Uh, and the electronics still... Uh, still work on it you can hear the clicks and whatnot but uh, i haven't torn it apart myself but I'm, I'm guessing it's the uh uh the the actuator the door lock actuator but maybe the cables are stretched or something but i don't i don't know is there okay way i can buy cables for it because the actual i mean the dealership said for that type of job two doors i'm looking at a thousand dollars and i just feel like they're they're trying to hose me on that so well i'm not I'm, I'm, bef- I'm well operator. yeah go
0: ahead. tell you what jacob hold up before you do anything to this did the dealership run the VIN and check to see if there's any open recalls on the vehicle?
4: Well, they didn't immediately, and I called my local mechanic just to get a uh, get get his insight on on uh, if he could do a job like that or if I needed to do it through the dealership. And he said, before you do anything, call your dealership and ask that question. Or if it's like a, a recall that they didn't issue uh, or um, publicly, you just have to have to request it. So I, I did call. They looked all over, and they. They, they said maybe at one time there may have been a recall on that. They didn't give really me definitive answer, but they said I'm not eligible for uh, any recall on on uh, that particular part. Why not? I uh, said said that uh, that if 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 it was recalled uh, with it being an '09, it, uh, it likely it likely uh, has it, been done, or or and if it hasn't been done, it's expired by now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for first thing off the bat, and somebody better prove me wrong on this. I know of no recall that ever expires. I'm not yelling at you okay all right yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, okay. I know I know of no recall that ever expires. Uh, my, my wife had an 05 Malibu that had a th- recall for the third middle row seatbelt buckle or something that was just yeah n- you know you know what we got the recall notice every six months for the past 12 years until I traded the vehicle in I think I still got one two months after it was traded in so recalls don't expire. All right?
4: Yeah, they, uh, he, was, he was all, he, was, he seemed kind of, uh, Vague. kind of annoyed that he all yeah. in and have to right. search for it and stuff. Right. So I think he's hosing me.
0: So to my knowledge, there is a recall on that rogue. Uh, I don't have, I can't tell you definitive but I don't know of too many rogues of that generation that weren't. But there's a recall where they're changing. There, there's a recall because the exterior handles do just what you're describing. Um, and what they're going to oh, wow. do is, what, what they're going to do is, they are going to put new handles on it and they're going to put okay. ins, they're going to put insulation to prevent water intrusion so it doesn't freeze and even if that was done then they also have a then they also have an addendum to it where they had exterior latch problems the latch mechanism itself went bad and they changed that so
4: wow okay so i would i would get common out to
0: thing. yeah i would get out to nhtsa.gov national highway traffic safety authority.gov plug yeah. plug your 17 digit vin in and 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 see if that vehicle is applicable to it. To my knowledge, it is.
4: Wow, I'm glad I heard that. You know, on, on a couple of forums, I saw, you know, some people said, "Oh, I brought it into my dealership, and they said, you know, we'll take care of it for you, free of charge." And other people said we had that same problem. Um, and, uh, I went aftermarket and bought, you know, he touched, touched, but so I saw that it was a common problem. But I I, I never would have thought, uh, yeah, m- maybe I was right. The dealership is trying to put the screws to me. Right. You know?
0: try a different dealer. You know, yeah, for and, sure. and, I, and I don't understand that. I got to tell you, I don't understand that because the dealer's getting paid to do it. It's a recall, yeah. do the job.
4: So, yeah, exactly, man.
0: You know, so try that. That doesn't work. Call me back. Try talking to Nissan Corporate, too. But let me run. My phones are backed up. Let me know if you need anything else. To you, good luck to you, Jacob. Hang in there. Let's go over to Tony in Wisconsin, 09 Honda CRV. Tony, what do you got?
1: Okay. I got a 09 Honda CRV that, that will only Start in the um, flood mode. Okay. Which uh, the Honda dealership told me was push the gas down, turn the key for like seven seconds. It'll fire up. That's the only time it'll fire up, though. I have a PO three forty one code, right, and a P one forty five C.
0: Well, did all of this start at once, or is this all coming about, you know, at different times?
1: Um, overnight. Um, as far as I can tell, I, it would start, drove to work Friday night, Monday, Saturday morning. I woke up, it was very cold that night. Woke up Saturday morning, tried to start it, it wouldn't start. I thought I had some frozen lines, and I thought it all out, it wouldn't start. And I got angry, and I just, like, I'm going to try to push it to the floor, and then it started.
0: <laughs> right. But I mean... And but I mean it the, runs,
1: it has a sluggish start.
0: The fault codes themselves, did the fault codes themselves... The all come out, or has the check engine light been on, and and then it started? Um, this... Check engine
1: light has been on. What I did, I took it in and had the codes cleared, and then drove it for 24 hours, and these are the two codes that came back.
0: Okay. Um, so were those the two codes that were initially in it?
1: Um, no, the P O 341 was not.
0: All right, but the 145 was? Yes. Okay, so it's got a purge valve fault. That's the 145. All right? Okay. I, I, I in, in the majority of cases, you could take a car from New Jersey and drive it to California and back with a 145. It's not going to matter. The 341 mm-hmm. is the one we're worried about. 341 generally points towards an issue with the VTC or the valve timing control solenoid, which affects camshaft timing, which is obviously critical. You're telling me you have to put your foot to the floor, which is going to change intake manifold vacuum. Uh, in, inside the vehicle an engine's a big air pump which tells me that with a P0341 we've likely got in cold weather either the VTC solenoid is sticking and I'll put this in English in a minute um, the VTC solenoid is sticking or the timing chain has jumped the tooth how many miles on this car
1: 242
0: right it's got high mileage so it's probably got a yeah. stretch it's probably got a stretched timing chain and I would tell you to focus on the 341 fault first one forty five okay. will get fixed. Focus on the three forty one. Tell them to follow diagnostics for that. And the, the first step is going to be think of the bicycle with, with the two sprockets, big sprocket, little sprocket. You, you line up the sprockets, two dots. They line up. They have to come around, make a complete revolution, line up again. Well, now one of your dots is ahead of the other. So, you know, it's yep. likely cam timing is out here, and the fact that cam timing is out, you've now affected manifold vacuum, which affects the way, if this is a mass airflow sensor car, it's going to affect the way air pulses come through the sensor. If this is a map sensor car, it's going to affect the way the map sensor reads. Opening up the throttle is the great equalizer, and it, it makes the change. All right? Gotcha. So, focus on... Okay. So, the on...
1: VTC I replaced about a month ago, because I, I had that code run... Um, earlier too. Okay.
0: So then, so then now you've got a new part in there. If you're a long time listener, you know what new stands for, never ever worked. Um, and I knew. And then, and then the other question is so now you got a VTC in there, which it doesn't mean the solenoid itself is bad. It just means valve timing is off. So now you've might, if you've still got that fault, do you have a mechanical fault? Somebody has to mechanically check the chain to make sure the bicycle sprockets haven't jumped the tooth, that the chain has that much stretch in it. Okay. All right, sir? But that's where you're going. Focus on the 341. We'll go from there. Call me next week. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming right back. Don't go away.
2: it on the wall so you don't forget to call for
0: car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to ron hey we're in the run for the money as we kind of wind it down here let's go over to jim in colorado jim you're on with the car doctor what's going on hi ron i
5: have a 1994 f 50 the early power stroke right and i don't use it all winter how often should i exercise it
0: as often as you can and, and, I, and I say that, in, you know, in all seriousness. Cars that sit, just there's nothing good about it. Uh, you know, uh, oh, let's see. Gee, I just had blackout. I had the hot rod out two weeks ago, three weeks ago. There was no salt. There was no snow. It was a semi-warm day here in New Jersey, about 45 degrees. I pulled the cover off, and I took it for a 45-minute ride. Uh, you know, and it was about four or five weeks since I did it last. You know, they shouldn't sit that long. It's not really great for them. Uh, hopefully you're keeping it inside in a warm garage or is it stored outdoors
5: it's stored. it's stored in a warm shop and it has a battery tender attached
0: right so you know that's okay if it has to sit all winter because you just can't get it out jim Overinflate the tires keep it warm keep the batteries on charge Uh, you know obviously with it being a diesel you've got fuel concerns because sometimes in a warm environment that affects the fuel quality too so you've got to work with that and put some additives in there to keep the fuel fresh but, you know, if it's just a case where you can't get it out, then just keep it warm. But if you can, I like to exercise everything. Every three to five weeks, it just does them all the wonders in the world. All right, sir?
5: Very good. Thank you, Ron.
0: You're very welcome. You take good care. Roland in Delaware, you're up next, 78 Cadillac DeVille. What's going on here, Roland? Hi, Ron. How are you doing? This is my first time calling to you. I have a 78 Cadillac DeVille, and it
5: keeps popping the computer out. Okay. There's numbers on the computer. So I send it to a computer place to get it repaired. But I don't know where to get a replacement for it. Right. So it, it lays it up. It runs great. How, it's only got 41,000 miles on it. How often
0: does this happen, Roland? Uh, about 25 minutes after I start it up. All right. So it's a continuous failure. So that means that there's a, when you say popping the computer out, you're telling me it, it, it actually kills the computer. It's somewhere in the reason, for some reason, the computer dies and the car shuts off, correct?
5: Yeah, on the motherboard, one of the one of the areas fuses out. I uh, I've traced it, and I was going to put a uh, circuit breaker or fuse on the hot wire into the computer, but I don't know whether that would damage it, or I was going to just take the the uh, injector
0: off and put a carburetor on, but that reduces the value of the whole thing. I right. Yeah, and no, I get it. Um, y- you know, the problem here is that it, and it sounds like you've got a fault in the wiring harness or a component. So, you'd you really have to go through and do a resistance check on all the solenoids and actuators tied into that computer. And if memory serves me right, anything anything other than twenty ohms was the was a twenty or ten ohms is a number. There's a spec somewhere. We're going back forty or fifty years, but there's a very specific number. That I believe it was twenty ohms. It can't be more than it can't be less than twenty ohms. Was the number, um, and we're looking for that to be as a constant. And other than that, that'll take out the PCM. If I remember correctly, what was common? This has a two or four wire plug at the trans controller. Going into the transmission for the torque converter? Four. Four. Unplug the torque converter. See if the problem goes away. Don't drive the car. Just let the car sit there and idle. If you get a computer and you want to try something, um, you could also ohm the torque converter solenoid, which is inside the trans, because if I recall correctly, they had a very high failure rate and they would cause exactly what you're describing to me to happen.
5: Can you tell me where it is on the VIN number, if it's listed, uh, replacement number, for what computer it is?
0: No, sir. That I couldn't tell you. But I can tell you that the torque converter solenoid, the one I'd be concerned about, is inside the trans. Uh, that's always good news, right? Yeah, well, it's always it's always the hardest place. Listen, look at it this way. If you took the car off the road, you'd make Congresswoman Cortez from New York very happy because it would be one less fossil fuel vehicle polluting the planet. Um, of course, it wouldn't make me happy, but at least we'd make her happy for once. So, um Ooh. Try.
5: That would be the only thing I want to do while I'm
0: still breathing. Yeah, well, listen, do what you can, brother. And if you need more help, you call us back. All right. Good luck to you. you. Let's let's go over to Tom in Delaware, 16 Toyota 4Runner, and uh, some questions about taking care of the windows. Tom, you're on with the car doctor. What's going on?
5: Yeah, I'm just trying to find the best solution for um, getting acid rain off the windows.
0: Um, what are you worried about, Tom? And I'm saying that seriously. Uh, just cosmetic. Um, I, I live near the beach. Okay so you're really asking how do you take care of the glass and I'm not so worried about the glass alone. I always worry about I always just worry about the overall vehicle because that acid rain gets on the paint. I, I, a lot of people don't agree with me. I wax my windows, my side windows anyway. I will wax the side windows of a vehicle I'll just like I wax the vehicle itself. And you know I'll use I'll use just good quality wax, something from McGuire's, or uh, you know there's a couple other choices out there, but I like a lot of the McGuire's product. Where I'll just do spray-on wax or just a, a light coating of wax. I'll wax the windows and just you know, and that's what cleans it up and keeps it clean for me. So okay, all right, all sir.
5: right, uh, I'll give that a shot.
0: All right, let me know how that works for you and uh, keep us posted. Good luck all to right. you down there in Delaware. I'm Ron in the car doctor. We're back right after this. Let's get into it, Ron and Andy in the car doctor. Let's go to Matt in Florida. Matt, we've got three minutes. What's going on, brother?
5: Uh, Two thousand seven F three hundred and fifty. Bought it used. Then uh, bought a used uh, trailer bait control off eBay. OEM, plug and play, and it doesn't seem to work. Okay, I, I can I can feel I can feel a trailer tug a little bit. If so, I hit the brakes, I can I can feel it. If, if the trailer's empty and I'm just sitting there idling along the parking lot, put it in drive along the parking lot, I can just I can feel resistance. So it you doesn't.
0: you bought the you bought the trailer brake controller used on eBay. Yes. Okay. the, the, the vehicle was equipped with it or you added this as the install kit?
5: Uh, the vehicle is wired and ready for it it's, okay it, it goes gotcha. you know you know, you just plug it, it, it you pull the harness out plug it in you're right
0: done. gotcha the, but the instrument cluster displays dbc tbc fault yes when it's okay so you got a pencil and paper yes all right it, it wouldn't be uncommon to have a bad tbc controller so s- saying that all right there's some specific things i want you to check central junction box the one under the dashboard Alright. Take a look at uh-huh. take a look at fuses eighteen, it's a twenty amp. Fuse one oh one, it's a thirty amp. Fuse twenty, it's a fifteen amp. And fuse twenty eight, it's a ten amp. You need me to go through that again?
5: Eighteen is twenty. One oh one is thirty. Twenty is
0: what'd you say? Fifteen. Fifteen. And twenty eight is ten. All right. Now we're, we're we're obviously we're looking for a blown fuse, but mm-hmm. we're also looking for missing or poorly connected fuses. When I say okay. poorly connected, Ford has some Ford has some issues where the fuses will have little pit or burn marks in them. They look they look burnt. It's high right. high resistance. It affects the operation of the circuit. A lot of times the component won't work. Change those fuses. Clean the terminals in the box. All right. Then you've got to go through. There are three power leads going up to the TBC module. You're going to have to get a wiring diagram. Check those. If those check good and the fuses check good, logically, you've got a bad TBC module. Go through it. Call me back. I'm Ron Ananian, the car doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.